Let's face it, our culture values youth, beauty, and in the running world, speed. We train to get faster, stronger, and to cross that finish line just a little quicker than we did last time. The good news is if you picked up running as an adult, even at an age where you are technically past your biological, physical prime, you can grow muscle and run faster with good training and nutrition. And you can keep on improving for years, possibly even decades. But if you've been running your whole life and were well-trained at your physical peak, you will eventually slow down with age. We all will. Paces that once seemed easy for you will become harder and harder. Race finishing times will get slower and slower, and you will find that recovery from training and racing takes longer and longer. It's enough to depress even the most upbeat master's runner into hanging up your running shoes and settling for life in a rocking chair. But my guest today is here to tell you there is another way. to The Planted Runner. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and my mission is to help you improve your running, your mindset, and your life with science-backed training and plant-based nutrition. In this episode, we're going to have a conversation about running and aging exceptionally well with Masters Runner, Cynthia Miller. You'll learn about how Cynthia started running in her first pair of waffle-soled Nikes, how her passion for running has only grown despite the normal effects of getting older, and how changing her perspective about what's truly important in life and in running helps bring her joy and meaning no matter what her race times are now. Cynthia shares moving and inspiring stories about how her running has evolved over the years and how it keeps her feeling young, even at almost 70 years old. If you plan to run as long as you possibly can, but are struggling with the downsides of getting older, this is one you don't want to miss. And you'll definitely want to check this one out on YouTube because you are not going to believe how youthful Cynthia looks. Before we get into this conversation, I wanted to let you know that I've been chosen as the official coach for the Oktoberfest Half Marathon, September 30th. 2023 here in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. Come run along the French Broad River as the trees change color and enjoy a tasty craft brew after the race. I've created an exclusive 12-week half marathon training plan specifically for the Oktoberfest half marathon, which you can add to your cart with your registration. It has everything you need to run your best race, including mileage strength training, and of course, my best mental strength lessons. They've also created a private Facebook group for the event where you can get support and join a community of runners ready to don their lederhosen this fall. This race is expected to sell out and training starts July 9th, so sign up today at OktoberfestHalfMarathon.com. That's Oktoberfest with a K, HalfMarathon.com. And at the end of today's show, right after the Mental Strength Minute, I'll announce this month's winner of our Apple Podcast Review Contest. Anyone can win just by leaving a five-star review of the show. I'll choose one random winner to win a free signed copy of my book every month this year. 
And now here's my conversation with Cynthia Miller. Welcome to The Planted Runner, Cynthia. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm so happy to have you. Uh, this all started because I asked uh, some of the athletes on the PR team if they would be willing to come on the show and talk about their experiences. I've had a lot of requests for quote unquote normal runners. And I have also had a lot of requests recently for masters runners, people over 40, 50 and 60, and you volunteered. So why did you want to share your story today, Cynthia? Well, I was one of the people that suggested that we have some um, guests that could address, you know, aging and running because because that's where I am. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I thought it would be great for me to hear other people talk about aging and running. And so then you said, well, maybe I should interview you. And I, <laughs> I thought, okay, well, I could do that because I do have some things that I would like to say to younger runners. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, uh, just, so I, I've been running since I was about 25 and in two weeks I'll be 70. Mm. And so that's a, a long, and I've been running that whole time, you know, just recreationally. I'm not a great runner. I'm, you know, maybe I hit an age group once in a while, but, um, I was very dedicated to running and it was definitely a lifestyle for me. But what I want to say is that uh, younger runners need to be very patient with themselves mm -hmm. and be happy where you are mm -hmm. because you, you will get better, but it's not going to all happen in one year or two years or three years. It, it could take years for you to um, hit your peak, so to speak. And um, just enjoy the process because the race is great, yes, but it's the training and the process that is the real joy. Absolutely. And in order for you to enjoy that and really appreciate what your body can do for you, you have to almost stop pining for the next PR, the next race, you know, live in the moment and enjoy where you are because it does not last forever. <laughs> yes, yes. Such good advice for any age, definitely. And I hope people are watching this on, on YouTube because no one is going to believe that you are almost 70. I mean, do you think running, <laughs> you. Is, do you think running is what <laughs> has kept you so young looking and young feeling? Um, I've, you know, I've always maintained my weight. I've never... Even times when I've been injured, I've always stayed active. Um, I do take really good care of my skin, mm -hmm. but that's really all. I mean, you know, if you if you were to see me, you know, in my running outfit and all, you can see the the crinkle the wrinkles in my legs and and that sort of thing, you know. But um, yeah, this is just I don't feel seventy. Mm -hmm. I, I really do feel closer to 50. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you definitely barely even look 50. You look great. Oh, thank and, you. And I think <laughs> I do you. need to do an episode on skincare for runners because you clearly wear sunscreen, right? You, I'm sure you do. Yeah. And, and what I wish, I, I tan very, very easily. And so it was always really cool. You know, my legs and arms would be very, very tan. 
Um, but now I wish I would have worn sunblock on the tops of my knees because mm. that's where, when you see older runners, you'll notice that their the skin on their quads is just all wrinkly and crinkly, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I would recommend wearing sunblock there too, okay. as well as, you know, your face and arms and Definitely, definitely. I'm I'm a redhead, so I can't get away without sunscreen. Yeah. So, <laughs> thankfully, I mean, there's definitely years where you know where I was a stupid teenager and didn't wear it, but yeah. now I am so religious about sunscreen. Yes. So well, definitely want to get that message out there. <laughs> yes. Well, I grew up uh, on the Gulf Coast and in the Deep South, and w we were at the beach every weekend, and. I, I never burned. I just tanned. I could get really brown. Mm -hmm. And so that was a thing, you know, when we were young. Yeah. But about the time I hit 30, I started seeing what sun damage did to women who were in their 40s and 50s. And I thought, no, I better, I better back off and take care of myself. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's go back to your early days of running. You've told me that you began running in one of the original Nike waffle shoes. Tell us yes. about your early days. Yes. Well, how I started running was that I had a neighbor. I lived in Mobile, Alabama, and I had a neighbor who had moved from Atlanta, and she knew Jeff Galloway and was very familiar with his store, Fidipides, and she wanted me to um, run a mile with her. And so I thought, well, that's weird. I mean, this was the deep South. This was, this was, um, you know, before title nine, I graduated in 71 title nine happened in, I think 72 or three mm -hmm. girls didn't run. And so I went out with her and we ran a mile. I mean, I had on my kids and I didn't have a watch. We'd look at the kitchen clock, you know, when we left. And then if we thought about it, we'd look at it when we got back. Um, but, it, you know, it was kind of invigorating and fun. And I felt like, you know, it was really something novel. So with that, I d ran with her a few times. And then we signed up for the first ever Mobile Azalea Trail Run, mm. which has been going on for decades now. I'm sure they still have it. And it was a few hundred people. We did a 5K. And for that race, um, I got these Nike waffle trainers <laughs> because they were, the, the, that's what you had to have in order to run, you know. Right. Um, I mean, I was doing fine in my kids, but the Nike waffle trainers, they were special and they were $32. Yeah. And I wore them for years. I'm sure I wore the heck out of them and I wore them for years until I ran my first half marathon. <laughs> and then I got an, a new pair of Nikes. I but, bet you wish you kept them. I'm sure you didn't, I, right? <laughs> no, I didn't keep them because they were so worn out. And I thought, <laughs> why am I going to keep these? You know, it was not a big deal. They were just, you know, but yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, they're, that's they're so kind fun. Of, they were very thin and flat. They were more like a racing flat now, nowadays. Mm -hmm. they did. There was no cushion. You know, they were just, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Shoes. yeah. Well, shoes have definitely evolved a lot since then. I would like oh. to know how your running has evolved from those early days through now. Well, it's just what you could imagine. I mean, I started 
doing five miles and then I, then I was able to do 10. And once I did 10, I did a half marathon. And that was in about 81, I think. I did my first half marathon in Sacramento and it was, uh, 210. I remember that. <laughs> and I thought that was dreadfully slow because there were so many fast people in the field. You know, back then, only about 25% of the field were women. Mm. And, you know, it was all fast men and, you know, other other guys that were trying to be fast. <laughs> so um, I was probably towards the back of the pack. But, you know, now when I look back on it, I think a 210 half marathon, I would love to do that. <laughs> that would be so awesome. <laughs> but, you know, I was only... 30. <laughs> right. Isn't it funny how your perspective changes, especially yes. on things like times? <laughs> it, it does. And I just went from there, you know, that my first marathon was in San Francisco. And I did that like four and a half hours. And then I did Honolulu the next year in four something. And uh, I was always really happy with about a four hour marathon. I never expected myself to do anything better than that because I, I'm not blessed with speed or the genetics that are going to make me a really great runner. You know, over the years, I found that I really loved trail running more than anything. And so where I lived, there's a huge network of trails. I lived in Fair Oaks and Folsom, California, and Folsom Lake has huge trails, um, Auburn is not very far away. Mm. That's been dubbed the endurance capital of the world because sure. they have the Western States 100 there. And so I was very involved with, you know, I do aid stations there. And I was um, friends with a lot of the, the ultra runners at that time because uh, Western States was such a big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, now you have to you have to go in a lottery to get in. But um those trails are just there for everybody to use. And there were lots and lots of races uh, around there that uh, were close to home. And we would go out and we'd do 20-mile trail run um, just, just for fun. Yeah. Did you ever do and any of those big ultra races? I never, I never did a 100-miler. The... The one that I did, which really was a very emotional journey for me, was the Cool Canyon 50K. And that one came about because my very, very good friend, Barbara, that I ran, I ran the first Big Sur marathon with her. Mm. That was in, I don't know, 86 or something. And um, then we were running together a lot. We trained every Saturday on the hills. And she decided to do Cool Canyon. And a month after she did that race, she was killed by a mountain lion. Oh, my God. And it was very, very bizarre because nobody had been killed in California by a mountain lion for, you know, 80, 100 years. Wow. So it shocked us all, and it was a, it was a horrible loss because she had a five-year-old and an eight-year-old child. And um, so I decided that I would run Cool Canyon the next year 
in her memory. Mm. And her husband trained me, so we trained for three or four months on the trails. And it was it was glorious. I mean, it rained the whole time and it was muddy, but <laughs> it was still glorious. And and I ran that and I was just it was very cathartic and emotional for me mm. um, to remember her because she and I had always said when we were about 39 or 40, we said, we're going to be still running when we're 60. Because <laughs> when we were 40, we thought 60 was really old. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, uh, you know, but she never was, she, she was killed when she was about 40 years old. Oh, and so... Um, I just have a really special place in my heart for that cool Canyon run. Um, they call it a different name now. It's called way too cool. <laughs> it's in, yeah. it's in a little town close to Auburn. The town is called cool and mm. there's canyons and, you know, there's hills and there's goat hill and ball bearing hill and just a lot of, you know, wonderful trails. And I, and I love that run. Before I get back to the conversation, I want to talk about a massive problem that I see with runners everywhere, and especially plant-based runners. You know that I'm the first to tell you that you can absolutely get everything you need from a plant-based diet as an endurance runner, but most runners are struggling. With our busy lives and time-consuming training schedules, making sure that you get enough to fuel your training and making sure that it's actually optimal for your health and performance is a real challenge. So that's why I tell all my athletes to make nutrition simpler and get Neurofi Plus by Prevenex. In less than a minute, you can mix their superior quality protein shake up with just water in a shaker bottle. And it actually tastes delicious. That is not the case with other plant-based powders I've tried. You can enjoy Neurofy right after a workout, knowing you are getting everything you need for muscle repair with none of the junk that you're gonna get in one of the lower quality powders. Another cool way to use it is to mix up a couple of scoops with water or warm plant-based milk right before bed. Studies have shown that taking 20 to 30 grams of protein right before bed is the optimal time for protein synthesis and muscle repair that we all need. Look, this is the only product that I'm working with and that's for a very good reason. I believe in Prevenex quality, their mission, and I use Neurofi Plus myself. And I'm not the only one. Lindsay Hine of All Have Another, Jason Fitzgerald of Strength Running, Whitney Hines of The Mother Runners, Elite Athlete, Emily Enfeld, and so many others in the running world are passionate about Prevenex too. If you're ready to simplify your nutrition and optimize your fueling, you can try Neurofi for 15% off the regular price with my code PR15. That's PR15 at Prevenex.com. Women's Running Stories, where we explore the intersection between running and life. Because every woman who is committed to a running journey has a story to tell, and this is where you'll find those stories. I am host and producer Sheree Louise Turner. I'm a 53-year-old runner, and together with original music by musician and runner Cormac O'Regan, we bring these inspirational stories to life. Please join us to fuel your adventures. 
sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network. And now, back to our conversation. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I, I know the area a little bit. When I was in my 20s, I was a raft guide on the American River. So, oh, yes. I, yeah. Uh-huh. So I spent some time in yes. Coloma and Auburn and all those places. Yes. So. But that was before I was a runner. That's when I was a partying 20-year-old, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and drinking and smoking. And yeah, so yeah. totally different lifestyle back then. <laughs> yes. I know that area is fantastic for runners. It really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot of what I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit to running and aging in general. You know, what I have found is that a lot of people kind of say, oh, when I get old, I won't be able to do X. And they think that, you know, normal aging, the things that we find, you know, oh, aching this and I can't get up and I'm going to sit on the porch. <laughs> you know, I think a, a yeah. lot of it is more it's less about aging itself and more about lack of exercise and a poor diet. Like how, how would you kind of answer that or talk about that subject? Well, well, I, I agree with that, but I think that the most important thing is even if you don't have the most perfect diet is that you have to keep moving. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, find a class, find Pilates, find yoga, do strength training. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be mobile and mm-hmm. that's, that's what I've done. I mean, I'm, I'm still very flexible. I can do Pilates. Um, yeah, I think that sometimes what happens around here in my, I live in a retirement community Mm -hmm. and it's a very active retirement community, but what happens is somebody will get an injury and they'll need a knee replacement or a shoulder replacement. And then they don't ever really come back from that. And so that's, that's kind of a downhill slide then. So you, you know, you really have to realize how important it is to just keep moving, mm-hmm. walking, Absolutely. whatever it is, you know. Do you find that you don't relate to other people your age who aren't as active as you are? No, not really, because um, there's other things in life besides running. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of other things to talk about. You know, we have our kids and our grandkids and our travel. And and this community that I live in, we've probably got about 70 clubs <laughs> that are very active. And I belong to a, a quilting group. And I actually work in a quilt shop a couple days a week because I love, I love fabric. Um, so running is very personal just for me. I don't have to have somebody else to do it with. Um, it's just what I, it's just my habit and it's what I've been doing for all my life. So I can talk to other people about different things. (laughs) I don't talk to them about running because that's going to be so boring. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I don't, uh, very few people know 
that I ran a half marathon this last weekend. They, you know, I, mm-hmm. d- I didn't tell anybody why, why would they care? Right. But, um, it's just for me. Mm-hmm. And tell us how the race went. The race was, the race was very hard. Um, I think I would have, in retrospect, I would have taken more time off before the race because I wasn't recovered from the training from the last two weeks of training. And so it was, it felt like a marathon, mm. but I, I got, you know, I finished it. And, uh, if, if it would have been two weeks later and I was 70, then I would have gotten first in that age group. <laughs> so, yeah. but it's time you know, to sign up for another one, right? <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> yeah. It is, but I think I need to focus a little bit more on uh, 5K training mm-hmm. at this point because it, it was hard on my body. I'm still recovering. Um, yeah. I, I wish I didn't take so long to recover, but I do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Is that the biggest thing you've noticed um, with your running, how it's changed, is the increase of recovery time? Number one is the slowdown. Mm-hmm. And number two is the recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I the effort level is still the same. So when I ran the half marathon on Saturday... The effort level was marathon effort level. Okay. It was hard. Yeah. And, you know, my running a 13-minute mile at 70 feels exactly the same as trying to run an 8-minute mile, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. So, so the effort level is the same, but also... The emotions, the feelings, the thoughts and all around the run are the same as well. So mm-hmm. you don't lose that. You still get the high. You still get the sense of accomplishment. You still get that clarity of thinking when you're on a long run. You know, a long run used to be 12, 16 miles. Now it's five or six miles. Mm-hmm. It just changes in terms of um, quantity and speed, but the effort and the rewards are still there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I went to a party one time with some some runners that I, I hadn't seen for a while. And many, of, this was probably 10 years ago, and many of them were not running anymore. And I said, why, why aren't you running? He said, it just got too hard. Mm. So, but you know, running's hard. Right. And it's it doesn't ever really get easy. No. <laughs> <laughs> so... I just say, don't, don't give up when it gets hard. Just keep going and, you know, maintain your effort level and still gain the rewards of it. Yeah. I think a lot of people uh, at any age, when they start noticing it gets harder, they start noticing their times slipping they have a tough time psychologically because, you know, running is moving from point A to point B as fast as possible. That's, that's Mm -hmm. what a lot of people consider is the point of running just to get there and do it as fast as possible. And when you're doing a race, whether it's a 5k, a marathon, a mile, whatever it is, people compare themselves to who they used to be and they get hung up on that. What, what advice would you give people who are just starting to notice that they just can't quite do the same things they used to? Well, I would say 
don't do what I did, which was get all <laughs> sad and depressed about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think you, you really just have to face reality. I did have to face reality. It took me a few years to, to deal with it. But, you know, every now and then I would still run a trail run with 300 people and I'd get first in my age group. So then that was a little boost. Yeah. Right. So, okay, I'm still here. I'm still doing it. And then, you know, somebody would call my name for first place for 65 year olds and somebody in the back would go, no way. You know, (laughs) well, thank you. That felt really good. Yes. So I think you just have to keep encouraging yourself that, okay, yes, you are going to get older. If you're lucky, you're going to live a long time. Yes. And you will get slower and slower. And it's okay because you're still moving. You're going to, you're going to probably stay healthy. I mean, I, I do not have any health issues whatsoever. Um, you know, even if you have an injury or you get sick, and you miss your big race, there'll be another race. Yeah. There's always another race. Yeah. And and the good thing is, is what you mentioned before, the older you get, the more people that drop out and give up. <laughs> and so you got yeah. a better chance. The field uh-huh. is much smaller, you know, when you're in your 70s. You're going to yes. crush it. <laughs> yes, that's right. right. Yeah. I think there were three women um, 70 and over in that half marathon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is, it's so inspiring, you know, to see people who are still just going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would love to hear a little bit, you know, rewind the clock a little bit, you know, you have kids and you know, you have a life. How did running fit into your life? A lot of parents, moms, moms, especially, but dads too, they kind of have this push-pull with running. They feel that it's great for their health, but they're also like, they have that guilt, like, oh, I'm leaving the kids to go for a run and I feel yeah. selfish about it. Did you ever have those kinds of experiences? Yeah, of course I did. Um, it, yeah, it's a, it's a hard, it, it is a push-pull, but um, the people around me, you know, my husband was very supportive and Everybody that knew me knew how important running was to me. And so I just made it, I just made it work. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe grandma would come and take care of the kids for a Saturday morning or my husband would stay home that morning and he would run later. Mm. We just made it work. And, and then all of our vacations were a race, you know, <laughs> we would go to destination uh, races and that was our vacation. And I don't know, it, it, it didn't really seem hard to me at the time because I was driven to run. Yeah. Yeah. And so some people would pro- would maybe say that that was selfish, but it was what I needed. And yeah. I wanted to be the best person I could be for my family. And running was a part of that. And mm-hmm. I also wanted to be a good example. Exactly. Did your kids pick up running? My my daughter did. My daughter did. Now she's in, she's not running now. She's in the midst of having babies and raising yeah. little kids, but she she'll run again. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Do you, so do you find yourself 
setting new goals as a master's runner? Um, you know, maybe it's a new goal every age group or how do you make yeah. it fun? Like, what are your goals as far as, or how is, how has goal setting changed? Well, I have to, it changed at different decades. So at 40, it was, okay, it's a new age group. Well, 40 was a really tough age group. Mm -hmm. Very tough. Um, so I just did the best I could, you know, and I picked races that I loved. I, I just, I, tr I trained to train, not necessarily for a race. And then if a race came up, then I was ready. Yeah. But, um, you know, I didn't have a coach. I did. I just trained on my own. I had a lot of um, people who were ultra runners that were giving me advice. And the ultra runners are totally into LSD. You know, you got, <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that. <laughs> long, slow distance. Oh, okay. Okay. Long, I thought you were talking distance. about the drug. <laughs> no, no. LSD is always long, slow distance. And so I did a lot of that. Yeah. I did a, a lot of that, especially on the trails, because, you know, the trails are you, you walk the uphills and run the downhills. Well, I got to be a really good downhill runner. Mm. Um, and, and the uphills, you know, trained a cardio system. But um, I don't know. I always had a goal. I, mm -hmm. I never had trouble having a goal. Like right now, um, you know, I wanted to do that half marathon because I hadn't done one in four years. And so I picked one and I decided to do that. And then, then I was looking back at some of the races that I've done. Uh, there's one in cool California called the Dirty Secret 10 Miler. Mm. And I love that race. I've done it several times and I would like to go back and do that again, you know, next nice. year, maybe new age group and just revisit those trails because I love them so much. Um, I don't know. Goal setting's never been hard because I just pick yeah. something and then decide I'm going to do it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. What advice would you give uh, the earlier version of you, the 20-year-old, 25-year-old version of you, knowing what you know now? <laughs> be patient. Be more patient. Appreciate where what you can do. Appreciate what your body can do for you. Don't try to jump ahead years in time. And it's a process. It's a long, slow process to get really strong. And mm -hmm. maybe, you know, I was never super fast by any means, um, but I loved my running. And mm -hmm. I think that is the most important thing is that I loved the process and I had really good friends and we would go on the weekends and do trails and we just had a great time. I just say, enjoy the process. Mm, yeah, appreciate, absolutely. appreciate where you are. There are no bad runs. Even if you have a bad run, there are no bad runs. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, if you can run, you're blessed. Because many times you'll find that you might not be able to run. Maybe you're injured or you're sick and you've had a layoff and you have to come back. And coming back is a challenge after you've had a long layoff. But just 
Love the process. Yeah. So, you know, what about, uh, are there anybody that come up to you and just, you know, can't believe that you've been running so long? Do they, do they ask you if your knees hurt or what kind of things do you hear from people? (laughs) Oh, I get that. I get that. That's why a lot of the reason why I don't talk to non-runners about running very much because they don't understand. I mean, I've never had any trouble with my knees. Um, I have good knees. Um, I had mm-hmm. good hips until a few years ago, and now they're kind of a problem. But, you know, I just do all the rehab and do everything I'm supposed to do. I need to do more strength training. I really need <laughs> to do more of that because mm-hmm. uh, it, it is definitely harder to keep the muscle on after menopause. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and I do have a little bit of little bit of bone loss. So strength training is the answer. Yep. Yep. I put it on your schedule every week. (laughs) I know. And that's, and really, that's what I wish I would have been able to do more of when I was, you know, in my thirties and Mm forties was more strength training, but I could still do it now. I just need to get into it a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Have, Have you noticed you've had to change your diet at all or how you fuel or anything like that? No, I've never had any problems with my stomach, like no GI problems. Um, Mm. uh, But, you know, in the old days, we'd run a marathon and we'd drink Coke. Right. That's that's what we drank. I mean, my best marathon ever, I think I had a giant Dr. Pepper in the middle of it and I felt fantastic. (laughs) Huh. Yeah. Well, maybe you should try that again. (laughs) Well, I did try that again. (laughs) That's what I got through that marathon on was Dr. Pepper. But we didn't have gels. I mean, we didn't have real food or anything like that. I mean, we had Cliff Bars. That was one of the things that we used um, in my 30s, I think, 30s and 40s. Um, But to now, there's so much more nutrition information and you just follow the current wisdom mm-hmm. and find out what works for you. I I always have oatmeal before a big race, and it works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you you find out what works for you. Try different things that people suggest and see how you do. Yeah, exactly. I I always say that I wish I could give people a perfect prescription. Eat this for breakfast, eat this yeah. at mile 2, eat this at mile 4 or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's so people are just so different. Like I yes. have tried oatmeal. I cannot have oatmeal before oh, a run. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's the fiber, but it upsets yeah, my stomach. It could so, be, yeah. you know, who knows? So everybody mm-hmm. is different. It's some people can't handle bananas, you know, which mm-hmm. are great for me. So, yeah, trial and error for sure. Yeah, I really got into, in later years, I got into the gels because mm-hmm. I thought they really helped me a lot. Didn't have any stomach issues and it gave me the energy. Um, so yeah, I like I like gels. But um, yeah, it's just you're an experiment of one. And so you've got to figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do to keep running as long as possible until you're 95 or (laughs) however long you live. I'm sure you're going to live a very long time. What are the things that you feel like you need to really focus on? Well, um, 
I have a Pilates class that I go to two or three times a week, and I think it's been very, very helpful for me with mm. uh, my posture and correct biomechanics. Mm. Um, and also yoga is great because of the stretching. I wish I loved strength training so much. I mean, I really want to love it. And if I get into it, maybe I will. Uh, but I think that's one of the most important things is the strength training and flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pilates, if you do it, if you do it, you know, kind of specifically to running, mm -hmm. it really can help with your strength. We had a, I had a um, Pilates for runners instructor on the show, you know, a few months back. So that was a really eye-opening um, episode. I don't know yeah, if you caught I saw, that one. I saw that. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you are, you know, I mean, for most people, they do need to do more than that to build strength, but it's certainly a great place to start and, and way better than nothing. <laughs> well, it, yes. And it definitely does. Does maintain the mm -hmm. the um, the smaller muscles that are the balancing muscles, and that's important because you you know as as I've gotten older, my balance has gotten off a little bit. Mm, yeah, yes, that's that's something that actually people don't talk about enough, in my opinion, mm -hmm. is is balance for well for everybody, but balance mm -hmm. for runners because we're hopping from one foot to the to the other, especially on mm -hmm. trails. You need to have your balance and. Mm -hmm. It is one of the senses that tends to decline as we age. It does. Yeah. It really does. We, we practice that in our Pilates class. Good. We do some Good. balancing work, and that, that has helped me. Yeah, great. Well, I think it's about time to kind of wrap it up, but I wanted to ask you, this is a question that I used to ask on the last show that I hosted all the time. I asked all my runners, and thinking about bringing this back, what is the greatest gift running has given you? Mental health. A hundred percent. Well, I love it. Cynthia, thank you so much for being on the Planet Runner podcast today. I think your uh, story is so inspiring. And I, th I know so many runners are just going to um, listen to this and keep going a little longer. <laughs> I hope so, because I hope that it will help somebody to make it through that transition from, you know, 40 to 50 to 60, a little easier, a little more peacefully. Absolutely. All right. Take care, Cynthia. Thank you. And now it's time for the Mental Strength Minute. Fortify your mind in 60 seconds or less. Today's topic is look for what doesn't hurt. During a tough race or workout, you will eventually come to the point where it seems like everything hurts. Your knees, your calves, your quads, your lungs are all begging you to stop the madness and just quit. It can be tempting to just give in. So look for what doesn't hurt. Do your earlobes hurt? Does your pinky finger hurt? How about your eyebrows? Make a mental list of all the body parts that are doing great and are pain-free and focus in on those. This is an excellent distraction technique that flips the script in your head from the negative to the positive. Give thanks for your happy pinkies and earlobes and remind yourself the effort is worth it. Of course, when I say pain, I'm not talking about pain due to an injury. Running through injury pain is a surefire way to make things worse. So please be smart and take care of yourself when you're hurt.
This month's winner of our Apple Podcast Review Contest is Real McCoy 2, who wrote, Great information, five stars. These podcasts are very helpful. As a longtime runner, I am always interested in new information on training, recovery, and nutrition to improve my running. Can't wait until the next episode. Your mission is to email me at Claire at The Planted Runner with your U.S. mailing address and your signed copy of my book, The Planted Runner, Running Your Best with Plant-Based Nutrition, will be on its way. If you'd like to win a copy, all you have to do is write a review on Apple Podcasts and next month, the winner could be you. Thank you so much for listening to The Planted Runner or watching it on YouTube. Have a great run today. There is no hood like parenthood. When you meet a fellow parent, you just kind of get each other on a whole nother level. Hi, I'm Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm a former CNN journalist, mom of three, including twins, and host of That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast. I interview change makers on their life lessons, legacy, and superpower of intuition, aka their mom sense and dad sense. I've had some pretty amazing parents on my show. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Episodes release every Thursday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Join my tribe at thatstotalmomsense.com and follow me on Instagram at Kanika Chanda Gupta. I'm thrilled to be on this journey with you.